0: Good morning and welcome to Holding Ground. My name is Laura Richard and I am the founder of Anchor Light Therapy Collective in Seattle, Washington. And today we are back. I'm here with my co host, Michelle Mooney, who is a licensed trauma and couples therapist and the clinical director at Anchor Light Therapy Collective. Good morning, Michelle.
1: Good morning, Laura and everyone, all of our listeners. It is really exciting to be back. It is exciting to be back. Yes, yes, fresh new content. Um, Just a reminder to everybody you can find us on anchorlighttherapy.com if you're interested and reading more good material, listening to other episodes. And then of course if you want to meet with one of our clinicians, yes. sign up for a complimentary consultation.
0: Absolutely. And relate
1: Yes. So today, Laura, we are talking about red flags and relationships Mm. that seem romantic at first. Can you say more about that? Yes. So there's
0: a lot of behaviors, and as couples therapists, we talk a lot about this in our work, that in the beginning might seem really romantic and exciting, maybe even a little intoxicating. But in reality, they're they're red flags, and they're hard to distinguish sometimes Mm -hmm. because they feel so good. So on today's episode, we're going to give you a list of our top, is it 10? Well, we have a long list of
1: red flags. And uh, actually, so for this episode, we're going to dive into about half of them. And this is going to be a two part series. Oh, because there are a lot of red flags to get into. So, yeah. All right. Well, let's just go ahead
0: and get started then. So, Michelle, I have a question for you. Okay. Why do we ignore red flags?
1: Well, the beginning of relationships, very intoxicating. Um, You know, we get all those happy chemicals flowing. Um, That's why, you know, everyone loves the beginning stages of a relationship. So that can really get in the way because we want to get attached to the person who is presenting in front of us versus who they might actually be. And we can be a little bit more forgiving. And so um, and then reality can start to set in a little bit later. Um, But yeah, initially, a lot of this stuff can go unnoticed. Yes.
0: So that infatuation stage and all the good brain chemicals. I don't know what they are. Endorphins, serotonin, just so you can see people through dopamine. uh Oh, everybody loves a little dopamine. (laughs) So just, you might have some rose colored glasses on. And again, it just is so fun. It feels good. Yeah. But there is a difference between toxic and romantic behaviors. Mm -hmm. And so what are some truly romantic behaviors if we're, or healthy romantic behaviors, maybe is something that we want to take a look at.
1: So I, I would say like a really good rule of thumb is if you feel like you're connecting versus protecting yourself, mm-hmm. right? Do you have to have your armor up, right? And so that's a really good indicator. Um, interactions that make us feel safe and secure that we can depend on our partner, that they're going to comfort us when we need them to they're going to show up on time right they're going to hold space for us um so our independence autonomy is uh, respected right we want to have lives outside of our partners so our partner feeling secure in that right you can go out and enjoy yourself I know you'll return um so um and really being supportive of that and excited for you right that you have all these interests outside of the relationship that of course then we bring back in those influences so
0: So, yeah. Yeah. So a relationship where you feel just kind of safe to be yourself, that you don't have to feel like you need to protect yourself. um, And that even if you have conflict, you can kind of work through it. Those are all signs Mm -hmm. of healthy relationships.
1: Right. Exactly. We're not just leaving conflict with conflict. We come back, we repair, right? We apologize, all the things that we're supposed to do to really heal things. Um, Yeah. Yeah. But then we have toxic behavior. Mm-hmm. So I think, as a
0: general rule, anything that feels like you have to self-sacrifice right. or diminish yourself, or 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 do things that uh, make you uncomfortable to keep the relationship mm-hmm. on track, mm-hmm. probably that's that's a red flag that you're dealing with some toxic behavior.
1: Right. Yeah. Right we talk about these danger responses or these anxiety responses. And one of them, you know, we talk about fight, flight, or freeze. One we don't talk about enough is fawning or we can look at it as appeasing. So being not our authentic selves, just to either smooth the waters or to keep our partner happy, Um, And anything like you're saying, uh, sacrificing your well-being, right, that can look like having to make our worlds really small Mm -hmm. to, um, you know, keep our partner around to keep them happy. So anything that's making you do that, right, really pay attention to that. Definitely. So what are some impacts um, to us if we're in a toxic relationship? Laura?
0: So it can be subtle in the beginning. And so sometimes this is another reason why people don't notice the red flags Mm -hmm. um, and what's happening to them, because it does feel good in the beginning. And then maybe when it doesn't feel good anymore, you still kind of want to get back to that place where it does. You're hoping it might change or get better. But staying in an unhealthy or toxic relationship over time is going to be both mentally and emotionally damaging, and sometimes even traumatic for people. Um, So, there is some danger in continuing to expose yourself to toxic behavior. And Mm -hmm. you might experience things like feeling really insecure, not sure of yourself. Some people start to question their own sense of reality in a relationship if they are always being told that they're wrong or that their instincts are are hurtful to their partner. Mm -hmm. You might have anxiety, depression trauma-related type disorders. Um, and just in general, you might not feel like yourself. You might feel like a, a dimmed down, diminished version of yourself. Right. Um, you might need to feel like you need to adjust your life to meet other people's expectations. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So all of this can point to red flags mm-hmm. uh, in the relationship. And some examples of that, you know, can be very subtle. Like maybe your partner doesn't really want you to hang out with your friends or maybe they're questioning the career path you're going down. And yeah, so sometimes it's hard to determine whether does this person care about me or is it something that they're trying to control me or manipulate me? So we'll get more detailed in that. So so what is the most common red flag do you think, Michelle? Because there's quite a few we're going to get into, but there's a really common one that can Mm -hmm. be super tricky. Mm -hmm.
1: Right, right. So we refer to this one as love bombing. So this one can feel so romantic initially, um, but it's actually a red flag um, over time. So it's behavior that some people use to gain control over us, to gain control over the new relationship. Often uh, the motivation is to um, you know commit right I want to make this person commit. I'm going to express that I'm committing to you from a very early on stage mm-hmm. right we don't know these things yet. We don't know that's going to be our last partner, but some people will say that, right. Mm-hmm. You're my partner for life. I love you so much. You know, you're, you're the first one that I've met like this. So I know and that I, know I it's be only with our like you. second date, but yeah, yeah. right, exactly. <laughs> and you hear of those rare stories where people like decide they're going to get married at, on their first date and then they do. And you know, now they're, you know, a hundred years old and still happy but in general, right, that's not the way that we want to go about things. So um, this can look like things like big gifts or gestures after um, there's some sort of fight or disappointment. I actually had a roommate in college, and every time her and her partner would get uh, in a fight, he would show up in tears with roses mm-hmm. to the point where it was like, hey, so-and-so is here, give me more flowers, <laughs> right? And then there was never any repair, though, yeah. right? It's here's your flowers, except the fact I'm sad, and then let's move on. Yeah. Well, then we would have to do flowers all the time, right? right. If we um, would actually repair. So, yeah. What else do you notice um, with love bombers?
0: So I think the idea, like keeping in mind that the intent behind love bombing isn't really romantic. It's really to try to gain control Mm -hmm. in the relationship. Um, And so that might look like what you said, pushing the relationship forward really quickly, Mm -hmm. um, trying to lock down like some sort of commitment or have a lot of access to you and your personal information, your history, Mm -hmm. uh, your other relationships, maybe sooner than might be um, expected in a more secure type relationship. Those are all things to look out for somebody who wants to be in constant contact with mm-hmm. you. If they're upset because you don't respond to a text within a couple of minutes, mm-hmm. they're looking at your social media to see who you're talking to on social media. Right. Um, yeah, yeah. All of those things. And I think just, overall what you might start to feel like initially that might feel great I'm getting mm-hmm. these great gifts this person is so interested in me they can't wait to be with me it's so romantic we could be that hundred year old couple that fell in <laughs> love and lasted forever um but then you might start to notice when you get a little into this type of behavior that it feels kind of suffocating and that it feels mm-hmm. like you're gonna disappoint this person all the time if mm-hmm. you become might become hyper vigilant not to do something that's going to upset them. Mm-hmm. Um, And you might also notice that your personal space is being invaded a little bit Mm -hmm. that you don't really have, you might start to feel like you don't have autonomy to, to freely make decisions without taking this person into consideration. Right. Yeah. So.
1: And this is something that, you know, obviously all of these can be something that are persistent in a relationship, but if we catch them really early on, right, when we start to take off the rose-colored glasses, when we notice that, right, we'll talk more later about noticing and how to prevent, you know, getting into a relationship with red flags uh, a little bit later. Um, So these are things that can... these are often patterns that are going to continue, right? You showed me that it's probably going to continue. Yeah. And some of these
0: things, you know, just sprinkled in are kind of nice gestures, but when it's a lot in the beginning and it's very overwhelming, that's when we wanted to notice if maybe something is going on. That's a little Mm -hmm. bit unhealthy because healthy relationships between secure, healthy people unfold at a pace where each person has the opportunity to get to know the other person Mm -hmm. to identify, is this even a person I want to date? Do they meet my standards and expectations? Do I want them to move in with me before I know more about their personal history and all of those things? And if you're with somebody who's also secure and healthy, they're going to want the same thing for themselves. They're going to want to know that you're healthy. They're going to want to take some time Mm -hmm. for the relationship to unfold and make sure that it's the right thing for both of you.
1: Absolutely. But
0: moving forward quickly, because we're so in love, does feel very romantic.
1: Uh Right. So paying attention, reminding yourself, okay, here's these chemicals, right? Logic brain is not fully participating at this moment, right? Because all the happy chemicals are taking over. So... um, So next one we want to talk about is controlling behavior, and we've kind of touched on that a little bit, but it can feel romantic at first because, ooh, I'm always on their mind, right? They love spending time with me so much that they always want to be around me. Um, Again, this can be subtle. It's manipulation, though. Mm -hmm. Again, it's kind of this control around your emotions. It can even look like things like gaslighting, um, discounting your reality. Um, These things can uh, show up in both acts. Options, right? They're, um, affecting, um, behavior, but also emotion. Um, so we feel like we're constantly being monitored, right? Excessive calling, where are you, right? You said you would be home at eight. It's, it's eight o'clock in two seconds, right? Why are you not here? Making you feel bad for these wrong things, um, Games like silent treatment. Um, that's to control your behavior, right? That's to mm-hmm. control how you're feeling in the moment, um, limiting access to things that you need, right? So money, right? Mm-hmm. If one person is totally controlling all the money, the car, right? All of these things, right, are very controlling. So yeah.
0: and sometimes it's very subtle too. I think in the beginning of a relationship, too, it could be um, you know, controlling the money or the car or your access to things. It's you probably were, will notice that, but in mm-hmm. the beginning, it could be little things like, what do you mean you're going out with your friends tonight? I thought we were mm-hmm. going to do something together. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm really disappointed. So just things that kind of start, you start to question like, I'm, I'm sure we didn't have plans last night. And mm-hmm. those are subtle things, but they can turn into to bigger things. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Or insecurity around. So, you know, if you like men, right. If you go out with your male friends, Mm -hmm. okay. There's insecurity there regardless, right. If they're interested in you or not, regardless of your friends, past romantic relationships, whatever it might be, if it's just, you know, the person you're attracted to and they're eliminating that, right. That's really obviously controlling behavior and then, you know, trying to make your social circle a lot smaller. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Or even saying, well, I think that you were flirting with that person. party and then it's trying to control who you speak to when you're out so little mm-hmm. things can definitely right turn into to bigger things yeah and I think sometimes people perceive je- being jealous as romantic they just they care about me so much they're right. so invested that they feel un- insecure and yeah. and that is just not romantic
1: <laughs> right right and it's not our job to um manage someone else's insecurity right so right so that's why it's not romantic, mm-hmm. right? So what is romantic, Laura? So what is
0: romantic is somebody who makes you feel like a better version of yourself, that mm-hmm. they embrace the person that you are. They appreciate the person that you are, not just what for, what you do for them. Um, it's also really romantic, somebody who can manage their own emotional
1: state. <laughs> right. Yes, exactly right again we shouldn't manage someone else's insecurities emotions right. right hopefully they're doing their own work whatever that might look like yeah obviously therapy right yes. number so, one, uh, yep. but other self education and introspective work is
0: amount. So yeah, and I think that they value you as an autonomous person and your achievements and find Mm -hmm. that attractive. They're not trying. They don't feel threatened by that. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So what do we have Michelle for number two on our red flags list?
1: unrealistic expectations laura so um you know we often um if we meet expectations of Mm -hmm. our partner right we can be rewarded in Mm -hmm. some sort of way so that feels good um they give us this false sense of security if i just do this right then they'll love me if i meet their expectation Mm -hmm. then i'll win their affection so um you know that's why it can feel romantic but you know it in reality, right, there's a lot of things wrong with that. So an example might be getting angry when, um, you're, you know, we, our partner or our partner can feel like we didn't anticipate their need or mm-hmm. expectation, right? Um, they might hold you to a higher standard than they do themselves, right? So they have very high expectations for you, but I'm okay down here, right? Yeah. That works for me as long as you're up here, Um it can definitely be related to some narcissistic tendencies, right? And that can lead towards, um, you know, some sort of mental or emotional abuse over time. Um, definitely not reciprocal, again, expectations, right? Mm-hmm. So I have all these expectations that you don't expect that of me. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. So, what is uh, the antidote, would you say, to that? What is romantic uh, expectations?
0: Um, So empathy towards experiences and emotions, not... So one thing I think that's a very unrealistic expectation in relationships is that some people will expect their partner to know what they're thinking or what they want or what they're feeling. You
1: should just know you've known me for 20 years and it's like, not necessarily, right? That one thing I might not know. Exactly.
0: I don't live inside your mind. Right. So, so having empathy for that, that, that we do have to communicate that you are with somebody who's a separate person from you and that you may need to communicate your needs to them or that they need to do the same Mm -hmm. for you and having reasonable expectations right i mean how how are you going to feel in a relationship where you're held to a certain standard right. you've got to be home doing all the cleaning taking care of the kids making dinner mm-hmm. and your partner is out with their friends but yet that isn't offered there's no reciprocity in that so right right exactly equality is more re- romantic mm-hmm. probably mm-hmm. than unrealistic yep. standards yep. um and then other things are that if you have a good friendship and you have great communication and you admire people as people and have, and have respect for each other, you're just going to have a better relationship altogether.
1: Right. Those are realistic, healthy expectations yeah. that we should all have. So we touched on this one and, um, kind of already, right. But this jealousy, right? There's they're so invested in me. They want me all for themselves. Um, again, blaming you for their insecurities, um, you know, trying to change your life or habits to match that. Um, we have a really good episode on re- retroactive jealousy. So that can show up as being really jealous of your past relationships, even yeah. though obviously you're not in them anymore, being really jealous of who that person is. So, um, that's another great episode, number 47, if you're interested in checking that out. Um, so yeah and yeah yeah and jealousy like you said they just want me they're so invested they want me all
0: to themselves and that Mm -hmm. might feel romantic in the beginning um, but it feels suffocating in the end and it is a form of manipulation it's trying Mm -hmm. to control your behavior so that they don't feel uncomfortable and that's not going to feel romantic after a while Mm -hmm. and the retroactive jealousy piece of it that we have another episode on episode 47 is actually a form of OCD. It's a form of uh, anxiety that could even require treatment. So if you find that you're overly possessive of your partner or overly jealous to the point that it's having a negative impact on your relationship, Mm -hmm. you may want to seek out some help for treating um, some sort of anxiety disorder so it could Definitely. could speak to bigger bigger issues mm-hmm. in the relationship mm-hmm. but I've talked to many couples over the years they've gone through each other's phones
1: oh gosh um, yeah. and it's been
0: Perfect. very destructive going through each other's social media trying to figure out what put together the pieces of their their partner's past and then right. creating all kinds of narratives of what about what that means and it just Mm-hmm. isn't
1: helpful or healthy and eventually it's annoying it's mm-hmm. not romantic mm-hmm. yeah going back to uh other relationships i've witnessed throughout my life uh, i actually saw um one of my friend's partners create a list mm-hmm. of all of their prior partners what they did for them right so gifts they bought them all of these things like this log of all these people that they and this was way before like social media and you know uh re- uh, googling everyone and yeah. all of that so um but anyway right that is obsessive for sure i was going to say this person yeah.
0: has some form of anxiety <laughs> yeah
1: that
0: is that yes. is not what you want yeah. not an activity you want to do and yeah. really i mean ask yourself what is the value of knowing that information exactly. what does what that change
1: out? yeah how does that contribute in a positive way to your relationship yeah. it really doesn't right and all you're doing is giving all this head real estate to people that are in your partner's past right they're in front of you for a reason yeah And maybe not for too long, right? (laughs) Yeah. If If you go through their phone
0: and stalk them on social media. Exactly. So, I mean, what is romantic then? Somebody who is not insecure, somebody who uh, feels confident in their relationship, even Mm -hmm. if their partner has had Mm -hmm. past romantic partners, Mm -hmm. which, you know, some people are dating in their 30s, 40s, 50s quite likely you have a long relationship history and it doesn't really mean that much about what's happening or doesn't have that big of an impact on what's happening today.
1: Right, It can actually be really good, right? Every relationship we're in, we learn new things about what we want, um, who we are. So, you know, they're bringing in all of that helpful learning, right? It's not just some of these lingering feelings from the past. So, Do you have any other wild jealousy stories? The making the list that's a pretty, that's an intense one, right? And both of these examples are from, um, college, right? So when we're 19, we make all kinds of decisions that might not be, um, healthy. So, um, yeah, but, um, like you said, um, jealousy, like, again, like looking through our partner's phones, right? Following them around, you know, are some more extreme ones, you know, could, confirming right aha right you you are doing that thing or that person did say that thing to you and then right so it's not only the jealousy Mm -hmm. it's acting on it right right? and how that influences the relationship
0: and you're going to confirm what you're looking for I've Mm -hmm. had people in the past and this has happened on several occasions where their partner went through their phone and saw something that they thought was certain that they were doing something that would be upsetting to them. And in fact, they weren't, but they were just making meaning out of a a random text message or one person thought that they were um, having an affair with their dentist, but they didn't realize it was the dentist because it was a female's name or something along those lines. (laughs) But just all kinds of wild things can happen. Yeah, Our minds can come up with very interesting stories Mm -hmm. when we're feeling insecure, especially.
1: They can be even jealousy over, let's say you got a new boat. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm jealous of the boat because that means you're not going to be home as much.
0: Yeah. So you know? even just so, activities in yeah. your life, mm-hmm. your work, your friendships. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right.
1: Yeah. So last one we have for today, Laura, is lack of respect for boundaries. Um, So that can feel romantic in a way because, oh, we never say no to each other, right? We permit every, you know, part of uh, each other, or that can sometimes look like if there is an absence of boundaries, I can save them, or maybe they're going to save me, Oh, these kind of thoughts, right? So Um, You know, it's really an expectation that their needs need to be met, regardless of how it might be impacting your life. Like, let's say, for instance, you tell me, I don't want children, right, when Mm -hmm. we meet. And then in the back of my mind, um, I'm going to change her mind Mm -hmm. at some point, right? That's not respecting your boundary, Um, So essentially your needs don't matter. Um, Your partner makes you feel guilty for saying no. So if you say like, hey, every Wednesday, I need a mean night and if your partner is exhibiting some of the prior behaviors. It's not respecting your uh, boundary, right? Well, no, you need to come over here. What are you going to be doing? Are you sure that's what you're going to be doing? You know, um, so just really stepping over boundaries. What else would you say about boundaries? Well,
0: just like everything you said, anything that makes you feel guilty for saying no, that it's not okay to advocate for your own needs. Um, and I, you know, also something that I think is kind of a tricky one, but is a crossing of boundaries that people don't realize. You meet someone, you like them, and they say, I don't want to have children, or I don't want to be in a serious relationship, or mm-hmm. something that they're saying, I just want to hang out and, um, uh, I don't know, pl- play hacky sack in the park. I don't know, it's not the, not the 90s anymore, but do something <laughs> that's not super ambitious, and you go, you yeah. know what, I hear that they've said these things, but... I see some potential in them. I'm surely they must have the potential to be a good father or a monogamous partner or somebody who has an ambitious career in the corporate world. But yet they're telling you I'm none of those things. Right. Mm-hmm. So seeing potential in someone, it doesn't, it sound sweet. Like, oh, I just, I think they're great. And I see so much potential in them. Right. And in reality, it's a lack of respect for their boundaries what yeah. they exactly. actually want this person.
1: I want to play hacky sack. I don't <laughs> want kids, right? And I look like working a job that you might not want me to have, right? But exactly. That's who I am. If you don't respect that boundary. Yeah. Um, obviously that's a relationship red flag. And, you know, boundaries are such a hard thing for uh, couples, but also individuals that we see. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they kind of know how to set, but they don't want to enforce them. I'm going to let somebody else down. But really, if we set a boundary, we're teaching somebody else how to treat us.
0: And it's better for the relationship yep. because the other person knows what to expect from you and what your mm-hmm. limits are. And that is ultimately what allows you to have a healthy relationship with someone. However, implementing those boundaries at the beginning, especially when you if you haven't had many or mm-hmm. haven't known how to communicate with them or for some people don't even know what they are, yep. it's going to be a little bit more challenging. But yep. yes as therapists, we talk about
1: boundaries all day long. Mm -hmm. And one important uh, thing on boundaries, they can change over time, Mm -hmm. right? But if I have boundaries, I'm the one who tells you it changed. It's not because you're convincing me. Um, And also we have to respect our boundaries, Mm -hmm. right? Any toe that we put over our boundary, we're saying, hey, come on in. This isn't a boundary anymore. So we have to remain committed or update those and then tell our partner. And that's such a
0: good point about something that we said earlier, you know, boundaries are changing. The boundaries, that I have with a stranger on the street are going to be different than the boundaries that right. I have with my husband. So we have different boundaries with different people based on how much trust we have mm-hmm. with them. Mm-hmm. And if you don't allow the time for the relationship to unfold, to build trust, Mm -hmm. you're going to end up in a place where you feel like your boundaries are
1: being crossed. Yeah. And boundaries can evolve throughout the relationship. So maybe at first I don't want you coming over to my house, right. Until date number 10, Mm -hmm. but later on, right. I want you to come over every night. So, you know, these things can update and that's a good example of how, so Laura, that's all the time we have for today, but I hope everyone joins us next week for part two when we're going to share six more red flags that seem romantic at first and how to avoid those in the future.
0: Sounds good, Michelle. Thanks for listening. We'll all see right, you next thanks week. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning into Holding Ground. You can hear us here every Tuesday morning at 9.30 a.m. on KKNW. I'm Laura Richard at Anchor Light Therapy Collective.
1: Find us online at anchorlighttherapy.com.
0: And we'll see you next week.